All right, hello and welcome to, I guess we're going to call this an emergency episode of the Standig Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means today I got to focus on good news, actual good news. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the latest on Congress later, but right now we're focusing on the positives because today the, the team and wide receiver Tara McLaurin agreed to a three-year extension that will keep McLaurin with the team in theory through the 2025 season uh, deal, roughly uh, totaling $71 million. There's signing bonuses. There's guaranteed money. A lot of both of those things. Good news for the commanders here to help me be positive. Who better than Mr. Positive himself, Brian McNally from NBC sports, Washington, Brian, when's the last time you got the right, just flat out good news about the, about the commanders, actually about the commanders. It may be literally never, but in terms of the organization, it's been a minute. Uh, yeah, Ben, I'm actually going to need you to call the oversight committee uh, just to chat with them for a little while. No, this is football, right? This is kind of what we're in this for. Um, I don't know, man. What The last good news? I mean, you know, I guess them winning the division was good a couple of years ago. Right. Like, I mean, you can't even say like Carson Wentz, even though it's a, an upgraded quarterback because not everybody's on yeah. board with that. This is pure unadulterated positive you're talking universally acclaimed good news right right um, uh, yeah because yeah, even like the first round pick of Jahan Dodson everybody's like, some people are like eh, I don't know about about that even though he's rounding into form in any event we'll talk more about the money later um I didn't mention at the top but pro football focuses Brad Spielberg salary cap guru who's been on here many times he's going to join me in a little bit we'll break down the contract which i think was pretty favorable for mclaurin but we'll get to that part with him and i will discuss i'll just update everybody on the congress aspect and and, and kind of what i heard but again we'll get to that later right now good vibes brian can i tell you what the best part about this is forget the fact that the commanders kept their top playmaker and that they, that they a locker room leader and if they had somehow botched this the potential ripple effects that would have been negative through the locker room the, the let alone the fan base or anything else can i tell you the best part about all this what do we got as of tomorrow meaning wednesday yours truly is going on vacation and i already <laughs> told my go. i'd already told my editor here's the deal congress you're on your own but if terry mclaurin something happens i'll jump back in and now i don't have to do that while I'm uh, doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, so I'm really stoked for that. So congratulations. Big, big shout out to uh, big, up, big ups to you. Essentially. Well, no, no, big. Well, big ups to Rob Rogers, the team's uh, yeah. director, you know, senior leader, Grand Poobah of football ops and McLaurin's agent, Buddy Baker, who came to terms today on this deal to get this done. Props to you guys. For, for, for that i i, I don't what, know about what you people don't know ben is that you're actually uh, taking the yacht to the south of france which is cool i think you'll you'll enjoy that i believe a lot of good a lot of folks doing that so absolutely athletic it was nice of the athletic to let me well you know we're part of the new york times now so you know we got a little more resources that you, uh, you know that they let me uh, <laughs> they let me do that um by the way before i forget um i've got a new story up on terry mclaurin situation on the athletic you can go check that out and of course make sure to follow uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you do your podcasting. Um, there will be more podcasts while I am on vacation. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing. I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I don't know where, what your time frame was on this. 
you know, I know there was like Ron Rivera at minicamp. He, he's giving some positive talk. He's saying there's been recent talks. He's saying, I don't know when it'll get done, but it'll get done. I believed it would get done, but I wasn't so much buying that it was going to happen right then based on just my intuition, having talked to some people, what have you. And even just, we're talking on Tuesday, yesterday, Monday, I went on Kevin Sheehan's radio show and he asked me about sort of this. And based on what I had heard, nothing was happening at that point. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm still going to, I'm assuming it's going to get done, but I'm going to still sort something closer towards training camp in part because you still have the Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf deals out there. And McLaurin side might just say, let's wait and see if that raises the market even higher. So I'm a little surprised it got done this quick, not surprised it got done at all. So again, happy for that. But like, that was the only part for me that's a little bit surprising. Uh, what, what was your expectation as a guy who's going to have to have to monitor this stuff for uh, NBC sports Washington? Yeah, no, I mean, everything our commander's crew was saying was in line with what you thought that it would be maybe closer to. So I, I assume most of the beat was on the same page, Ben, that, that you guys figured, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a John Allen right five minutes before training camp or the day training camp starts one of those type of deals. We know how deadlines work to kind of spur action and all that, all that stuff in any of these negotiations. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, pleasant surprise, right? It got done without, well, you could, you know, there was some mini drama, I guess, depending how much you wanted to put into it during OTAs for the most part. Terry's a pro. There was no real leaks of, oh, Terry's side's unhappy or, oh, this might not get done. Like, for the most part, they stayed away from the negative stuff and, um, you know, got it done in not even July, right? Got it done in June. Um, I, I, to me, that's a, that's a big deal. To me, that's, uh, that's, it's, not just it's not just getting things done. It's getting them done with the least amount of rancor and being on different pages and all that kind of stuff so I, you know to me that's a that's an even bigger win for the organization and honestly an organization that needed a win right of any kind this isn't a uh this isn't beat the lions 42 to nothing but uh it's it's definitely it's definitely a uh as good as it gets in june or july uh so good for them uh still obviously the off-field stuff to deal with but from what the football side can control, this is about as, as good an off season day as, as they've had. in. Uh, as you said, we we're going back here. I don't know the last day that was this good for the, uh, for the organization, but a, a big deal for sure. And, you know, now they're, now they got their guys and now they're pretty much distraction free on the field, um, which sets them up to at least have a, you know, a nice camp. We'll, uh, we'll see dramas pop up all the time, but there shouldn't be too many more of these. I guess Deron Payne is probably one you would mention, but you know, uh, you're always going to have some kind of contract issues, but this, this is not a guy they could afford to let leave and uh, to be, to be part of this and have him in the fold is, uh, is a huge deal. With that, without a question. And I'll, I'll mention that, um, our our friend Michael Phillips was was the one who kind of made the note that uh, this is a uh, the, the the maybe the best day in Commanders uh, quote Commanders history. Sure. Um, sure. you know, look, I, I don't think that we don't have to discuss this too much from the football perspective. I think we all understand that. And, and like I said, it wasn't like at any point for me that I was thinking Terry McLaurin wouldn't be here. I mean, Ron Rivera, 
who is not always the most reliable narrator when it comes to there will be mm-hmm. a quarterback competition or things like that. But, you know, he's pretty adamant that they're not going to trade Terry. And that seems like a pretty easy one to be true to. I mean, they did always have the some leverage of the franchise tag, but I didn't ever buy, bought the idea that McLaurin would be going anywhere unless, I don't know, somehow all of the, you know, drama that's going up on Capitol Hill or whatever else got to him was like you know what i don't want to be part of any of this but that aside which i again i didn't really buy i figured he'd be here so we get the football part he's he's one of the best receivers in the league he's now got a quarterback you know he's had eight different starting quarterbacks since he's been here and you know to say that they were it's sort of a pedestrian midland group at best is probably almost being too kind to what to what he's been had to work with so in theory he's gonna have this best quarterback in Wentz. that's only gonna help he now actually has some potentially legit tag team partners. If, if a healthy sure. Curtis Samuel can go Jahan Dodson's looked obviously pretty solid to, to say the least in, in camp, they get Logan Thomas back. You got three running backs. So there's a lot to work with, with McLaurin being sort of at the center of it all. So I don't think we have to do too much on the football side. I will just say, I think from an, from a football side of the, of the organization, this is a big win for Ron Rivera. We'll talk about again, about the money with Brad Spielberger, but in terms of the perception, What's the one thing we always hear? Why would anybody stay? Why would Terry McLaurin take this money? Well, the, he did. And so did John Allen last year. And those are two key players. And I get it. They're getting paid a lot of money. They get paid a lot of money somewhere else too. It's not like those guys were, you know, this was their only opportunity. So that's a good, I think that's, for Rivera, you got to feel pretty good that these guys buy into you enough. Again, the money helps, but did they buy into you enough to want to stay I think that's a win for that side, regardless of whether they overpaid on some level or anything like that. We uh, uh, shout out to uh, our friends, Grant and Danny, who had their show this afternoon and got John Allen to call in. I thought it was notable, Ben, that of the teammate react, first of all, universally on social media, his teammates were thrilled for him. I don't know that you always see that when a guy gets paid where guys up and down the roster from the good players to the bubble players are all tweeting about, you know, how awesome it is that, that you got paid. And Antonio Gibson is out here tweeting that, um, thank God, now I don't have to answer questions about this anymore, which is hilarious. Um, but at John Allen on, on GP show said, like, I'm paraphrasing, so I'm, I apologize if I don't get the exact quote right, but it, it rebuilds your faith in the organization, something like that. It may not have said rebuild, but it gives players faith that their front office is moving in the right direction. If Terry buys in, if John Allen has bought in, that's kind of your leaders on each side of the ball, right? I mean, Carson Wentz is the quarterback, but he's been here five minutes. You know, Terry is a face of the franchise, John Allen, a face of the franchise. They've committed to these guys. And that's, I think Ron Rivera has said this to you guys repeatedly, like, when you're trying to build a culture of winning, when you're trying to build um, year by year, like that's how you do it. That's how it starts is with your best players committing to the organization and not bad mouthing it, which you could easily do here, given the circumstances and the situation. And, uh, you know, just counting down the days like they're in uh, in Shawshank prison or whatever, just, you know, checking the the calendars out or like hitting the wall with gravel so they can, now, they now can crawl out. 
Now I'm picturing Terry McLaurin's locker having a Rita Hayworth uh, poster up there. Right, exactly. Or Raquel, Raquel exactly. Welch or something. <laughs> no, no Rita Hayworth or whatever it was. It was, uh, he, he signed back up for it. And I know there's money and you can be cynical about all that. I get it. But these guys still have options if they want it. And if he didn't want to be here, he wouldn't be here. Um, so committing, even if it's only for three years, and if that's the best deal that, that works out for both sides, great. Like whatever, you know, there's three years and an eternity, an eternity in the NFL. And correct me if I'm wrong, that contract doesn't even kick in until next year. So they essentially have him for four more years. Is that? Yeah. Through, that through right? 20, through 2025. And again, as we're talking on, um, uh, Tuesday evening, we we haven't seen the full contract yet, and as we know with the NFL terms, the initial terms you always have to be a little yeah. bit skeptical about. You got to see the, de- the 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 details. So we'll get to that. I mean, I did lay out as much as I could, and I guess I I didn't say too much of that here. And again, we'll get into more with Brad. But basically, um, roughly seventy one million dollars in new money, um, twenty eight million dollars signing bonus, the largest signing bonus ever for a wide receiver. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Is it 53 million in guarantees? I wrote the story. You think I would remember these things? I thought it was, yeah. Uh, JP said north of 50 million. And I think I saw 50, yeah, 50 yeah, sorry, 53 million. These are proximate numbers, 53 million guaranteed and 77% of that total value is guaranteed, which is the largest percentage also for mm. any of these receivers. So that's topping Cooper cup, Tyreek Hill. So, uh, all good stuff there for McLaurin um yeah man like I said I I you know it is nice to come on here and have something that is positive I I you know I'm not gonna lie to anybody who's listening I really get sick and tired when you guys just say the, the media is negative you know honestly you know jump off like what do you want kick oh sorry let me use the McNally phrase kick rocks like kick tell, rocks, me what to, tell me what's sand kick gravel <laughs> right. all of it tell, tell me tell me what's been positive to discuss we, we write about Jahan Dotson and, and look said Carson Wentz looked pretty reasonable and whatever is happening we do but like it is largely a negative world that we're living in i mean just this you know yesterday was an up was a day about subpoenas and statements and back and forth and all that stuff and there's even some more some news out today about that but this is good news and you know to keep terry mclaurin and by the way that's the thing right it isn't just the guy who's talented he's a locker room leader he's the kind of guy you know you the, the coaches point to to the younger guys and say, yes, yeah, see what he does. Do that, you do know, that. emulate that on and off the, the field. And I don't ben, want to make Ben. Who are you? Who are you paying? If you're not paying that guy, who are you paying? Like what you're going to bring in a free agent with no ties to the organization. You're going to bring in, you know, draft another receiver next year and hope, hope they're good. Hope they're this good. I mean, hope they're 80, 90 catch good. Who like what, at some point you do have to stand up and say like, Hey, might be an overpay. Maybe we regret the contract, but we know the guy and we know the guy is going to give everything he has. He's good in the community. He's never caused any drama or real issues. Um, he plays at a high level. Like if you're not paying that guy, then why are, why are you in the business? What are you, what are you doing? Um, you know, and I know there's negotiations and you can't just hand every player exactly what their agent wants. So it looks on the surface, like even if it's a player friendly deal, um, that it's one the the commanders can live with and probably one ultimately, you know, not every free, not every contract is Max Scherzer contract, right? He doesn't have to go to, you know, four pro bowls and become a top five receiver in the league. 
you can build a good receiving core around this guy and you don't necessarily need him to be the best of the best. Um, and they're paying him, you know, close to it, but they're not paying him absurd money where you feel like you're taking away from other positions. So, uh, again, to me, win-win this franchise right now, which takes, um, so many, uh, and shoots itself in the foot so often on so many different issues, spike the football, man, take the W and, uh, get people a little bit excited at least going into 2022. And, and by the way, like, I mean, years ago when I was still in fan mode, I remember I wanted to buy a jersey. And that at that point in time, I was going to buy a Champ Bailey jersey, but he was going into a contract year. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait. Let's just see if he, let's see yeah. if he signed. Sure enough, we know what, we know how that unfolded. And from that point, if I was like ever going to buy a jersey, I was like, you know what? Let me go buy the retro ones because John Riggins isn't getting traded. He, I, I, he, that, that one's good or Art Monk. I'm not telling you how to spend your money. I'm not saying I can promise you what's going to happen tomorrow. But if you wanted to go buy a jersey, I think 17 is a decent one to go get now because you want to be here for a bit. Um, You know, nothing says for sure he'll be here through 2025 because, you know, 100 things could happen. Good, you know, his, his, their, their issue, his issue, whatever. But the opportunity is now for him to stay because of this extension. So stable franchises have multiple players like that. The Caps have like three dudes who've been on the team for over a decade. They have like nine dudes who've been with the team since 2015 or 2016, right? That's, you can, you have your choice on a stable franchise of, do I want a TJ Oshie jersey or uh, do I want a John Carlson? Or, you know, I don't want to go with the crowd and get Ovechkin. Maybe I'll get Backstrom or whatever it is. Like that stable franchises, good franchises that make the playoffs more often than, than not, they have those guys. Um, and Terry is one of those guys that, you know, you, you look at and say, he should, he should be a 10 year commander and he should go in a, you know, if he continues at this pace, he should be in a ring of honor. I don't know if he's going to be a better than that. I mean, I don't know what his ceiling is or if he can make well, another leap and, and be higher, but you know, at least you can hope on it. And whether he is or not, you, you have pretty good confidence. He's going to be a damn good player for a long time here. Yeah, we, we have to go in a second, but we were discussing offline about the, the idea of is he like the best receiver they've drafted since Art Monk? I don't even know who would be next, but the, the, the debate that I had last year, and I wrote a column about this is, and I was told by people that I was a moron for saying this, but that at back in September, I wrote that he is the most complete receiver that they've had this century. Now, that does not, obviously, this is not the most glamorous of offensive franchises, but that includes... Pierre Garcon, Santana Moss, um, Deshaun Jackson, if you want to go there. Sure. And again, I'm not saying, you know, again, we're not comparing it to Art Monk or anything yet, but at the same point, um, this isn't, he, there, there's extra here. It isn't just he runs a 4 3 5 40 and is a really good route runner. The whole combination with his poise and all that. I don't want to make him out to be a saint. He's a guy, he's a football player, all that stuff. We don't mm-hmm. know these people yeah. in, in, in their real life. Yeah, that's but, fair. But like you said a few minutes ago, you're not going to pay this guy who you bank and it's, no it's, it's a tone setter move. And now we'll see what happens. And by the way, like that, they got this done earlier means gives them time. If they actually want to consider resigning Jerron Payne, they now have a month to play around with that. Whereas if they had just waited to the last minute on McLaurin, they, they didn't, they also have Cole Holcomb's a free agent. 
I don't know. It's a great, it's at a, a minimum, they know their cap space going There's forward. Financial, financial certainty, right? There's financial clarity. Maybe that's a better word. Um, to decide, yeah, do we want to do we want to plow more money into the D line? Do we not? You know, I, I think I'd prefer you pay your first round picks and get them at least second contracts. But I get sometimes you have to pick and choose between position groups and. If you're paying a quarterback 28 million, maybe and a wide receiver 23 and a half, maybe you can't necessarily afford multiple big tickets on the defensive line. But you know, first round picks are first round picks. You want those guys more often than not to be around for second and third contracts. And uh, this for them is a is a start. And uh, I'd pop a little, I'd have a little drink of something if I were Ron Rivera tonight and uh, get ready for camp and go from there. I mentioned this in my story. We've been talking all this week, last week plus, about Dan Snyder being in France. Mm-hmm. Ironically enough, Ron Rivera is out of the country, from what I was told. Oh, is he okay? Not, not he on. A, he's not on a yacht. He's not on the yacht. Not I'm on guessing. a yacht. Just he's doing whatever he's doing. But he's you know stayed abreast of the negotiations. You know they have these things called phones and Zoom. I, I, apparently that didn't work. Maybe perhaps for the congressional discussion. I, I should. I shouldn't job. We, we said no negatives here. Um, anyway. So uh, there's nothing negative when Brian McNally comes by to stop by the podcast. Uh, go follow him on Twitter at bmcnally14. I legitimately say he's one of my. I have I have people on notifications largely for new stuff. Brian's the only person I have on just for the tweets because he's, he's poetic. I'm, I'm um, somewhat entertaining. I'll throw out a good hockey tweet every once in a while. Right, you, and you're, you know you're, you get as confused about Kyrie Irving's tweets as the rest of us. It's it's all good, dude. Unbelievable. By the way, just real quick, Terry, eighty. Uh, going 84 what did i say 84 uh 12 25 nine touchdowns penciling penciling him in for that for next year fan all right you 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 heard it you heard it here uh first um my guy i appreciate it we'll talk anytime ben later all right now as i promised we we just talked about the purely the football part there now we're going to get into some of the numbers doing that our returning salary cap champion. He is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, what is it? At PFF Brad on Twitter? Or is there none? Yeah, no, PFF underscore Brad. That's silly underscore. All right. More importantly, there's nothing silly about today, Brad. We actually have good news to talk about in Commander's Land. But eventually, we will have to discuss what this what the, what the this contract means for this organization overall. We're talking today. First of all, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Get, get excited uh, all right yeah. so we'll, we'll eventually see the numbers or maybe i assume you have not had a chance to look at the contract yet it's not online or, or whatever so we don't know all the details but we do have some of the broad numbers that i mentioned uh, a little bit earlier um what i guess for here's my broad interpretation that you can tell me what what i got right or wrong this whole time we've been waiting for this deal to get done and everybody's like you know it's a standard negotiation right One side's here, one side's there. You meet in the middle, move on. My view this whole time has been that the commanders were the one who were kind of stuck in January of 2022 math where the world had not yet, the the wide receiver market had yet not yet exploded. And they were taking time to get there. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I feel somewhat confident about that. And then we get to deal with someone today, which to my eye says to me, Terry McLaurin's side did pretty, pretty good. I don't, I feel like uh, kids, here's, here's your lesson. When you, when you go, when you get employed 
and you go have a contract negotiation, hold out a minicamp because I think it works. Maybe also helps if the if your boss is dealing with a congressional subpoena, but that's a separate issue. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about the, the the raw numbers that we've heard so far and what it says about this negotiation? Yeah, at first, I do think you're right in that. And I think a similar scenario happened with Jesse Bates last season in Cincinnati, where basically the team and, and player were at one point in a negotiation, then a couple big deals for the receivers or in safety's case, Jesse Bates, then the Jamal Adams deal happens. And the team is still stuck in a landscape that is now different and now changed. And so I think that's why it sounded like they were a bit far apart. And then the team kind of came back and said, all right, we're going to actually acknowledge the new market and the new conversation we're having. Um, it is a very, very strong deal for Terry McLaurin. There's no doubt about it. Of course, getting it done for the team is it was a priority. I'm not saying it's a bad deal for them or they overpaid. I'm not saying that, but right. for it to be a three-year term at $70 million or so, even just look back at March, like we're talking about, Chris Galvin is five months younger than Terry McLaurin. Yes, he tore his ACL. That is a big part of it but got three years, 60 million, three months ago. So very strong deal. The $28 million signing bonus is very big. The 47 million fully guaranteed by March of 2023. So nine months from now is great for Terry McLaurin. Of course, it's a win-win or whatever you want to call it, but it is a very strong contract for Terry McLaurin. Yeah, with, without without a doubt. Um, Part of the context is, of course, you, you mentioned a guy like Chris Godwin is comparing him to the other guys. That's the whole point of all, all this is the market is OK. The market is set or blah, blah, blah. And now we have to base it off of off of that. Were you Terry McCorn's a heck of a receiver? Is he the best receiver in the game? No. Is he a top five receiver? I would say probably not. I mean, hypothetically, he could be, but we haven't seen it partly because he's had lousy quarterback play. But no, I don't think you can make that claim. But he got paid, again, based on the raw numbers, kind of like he is a top five guy. Are you surprised, I guess, ultimately that the numbers landed? I mean, again, we're saying that his side did good, but are you kind of surprised that this is where the, the, the numbers actually did land? I would say I'm only surprised that the APY, the average per year, did reach 23 million plus. Again, we don't know the exact number, but I think it's at least 23 million, maybe and change. Um because it was a three-year deal. So obviously, if you're going to give a team five years of control or maybe even four years of control, you can probably get a higher average per year. I mean, even Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams reported at 30 and $28 million are really 25 and about $22.5 million if you actually break down those deals um, through the first three years. A.J. Brown, kind of same thing in Philadelphia. It's actually three years, $69 million through the first three years, just like Terry McLaurin. And then he has $31 million in cash owed in that fourth season. So I'm not surprised by the value. I think I came on the show and said, now if I'm him, $22, 23000000 million is what I'm looking for. Um, the, the one thing that's great for McLaurin is the three-year term, four years total, including this year, he gets back to the market going into his age 31 season, but you know will not play at uh, over 30 years old and could maybe you know cash in again potentially which is great for him yeah th that is so that that to me is the most interesting part of this on some level the years because i i i don't know i wasn't necessarily doing the the the, the math the way i'm sure you you, you have like, like you know how many years and what all that stuff that's why we bring you here but in my head i was like well it's gonna be i don't know four years that it's only three. This is going to be interesting to see who wanted this more. I can make an argument for both ways, but mostly from McLaurin's side that 
in his age. So, so again, just to be clear, he's under contract for this year with the 2.79 million that he was going to get. Then the three years get tacked onto that. So he's through the 2025 season, which is the year he turns 30. Do you think this is more about his side, McLaurin's side saying, Hey, we we're going to take all your money now. And we want to get out so he can get another deal then. Or is there some world where the team was saying, we don't want to commit to more because maybe then we would have like more like dead cap money out or I don't know. W- w- what's your read on, on that? So I will say the adage that I've been told by a couple of club folks is essentially if the money's non-guaranteed, we'll sign a guy to a hundred year contract, right? Because you can get out of it with a clean exit from a salary perspective. Like you said, maybe you get into dead cap, a signing bonus and stuff like that, but there, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be this hard and fast, but it, the skinny of it is, Odds are a shorter deal is what the player wanted so we can get back to the market and cash in again, get another bite at the apple. But yeah, there's maybe a scenario where Washington says, look, we'll have him through his age 30 season. And then you go around and look at the rest of the NFL and guys like Julio Jones and some of these players, great players, but they fall off after age 30. So let's just get a clean exit for both parties. But again, odds are the player is pushing for a shorter term, especially in Washington. We've seen them really go for four or five year deals for homegrown players, specifically not in free agency, but for their homegrown guys, they try to go longer term. Um, so my sense is, and what I put put on the athletic was that. So Ron Rivera told us when was, when was a mini camp and the 15th. So like 13 days ago or so that he, he put out publicly, I mean, I already kind of knew this, but put out publicly that they're, the two sides have been having some sort of negotiations. And he said, don't worry, we're going to get it done, but I can't tell you when that's going to happen. And my sense is that that, you know, that started to help a bit of a framework here, but then like they hadn't really talked from what I gather up until like today. And then things like I've already made this joke six times. They went from zero to 60 or really zero to 71 million like that and got this deal done. But this goes back to my point. The only criticism I would sort of have for Washington is, why didn't you get this deal done a month ago? If you knew where this was, like, I know there are all the people who are complaining. Why didn't you get this deal three months ago before the market exploded? And I had Joel Corey on here the other day. I've talked to some people around the league. It's like, eh, like, I don't think anybody anticipated this happening. Uh, Tyree Kill getting moved, uh, Devontae Adams, and the whole thing going nuts to this degree. So it's hard to blame Washington for that. Maybe you, I don't know if you agree or not, but there's that. But the idea of not getting this done a month ago, I'm not saying it's the world's biggest issue, but you have Carson Wentz, you're investing a lot in him. You didn't, now you, you, all these practices went by and you didn't have his best receiver out there when the deal, it's not like they, as we're saying, it's not like Washington held firm and then McLaurin's side seemed to give in. It feels like it was the other way. So that's my only wonder is like, why didn't they hurry up and get this done if ultimately the numbers seem to favor the player anyway? That would be my wonder. No, it's a, certainly a fair question, um, 100%. And, and I do – I see what Joel Corey is saying. And, and, yeah, no one expected this much of an explosion. But, you know, the market's going to go up. Um, I still think they probably should have found a way to get it done earlier. But maybe it's not as egregious of a mistake because agents also recognize they're, they're going to forecast a couple deals and say, you know, even if you're getting it done in March versus June, we're still not going to give you some massive discount because we know the market is going to grow. But nevertheless – 
I would say this. Look, it would have been great to have him there in mini camp. At least now you have not only tra uh, training camp, but time before training camp. I'm sure Terry McLaurin called Carson Wentz 10 minutes after this was done and said, let's get to work. Let's go build chemistry. Let's go practice together and get in those reps together as soon as possible. So, you know, credit to them for not letting it drag through training camp into the preseason. They missed some time, but they definitely didn't miss, you know, a ton of offseason time. So it could have been worse. Um, yeah, that, that, that is true for, for, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think this is like, I, I'm my, my head's all over the place. Cause this is all sort of happening. Well, it's not real time anymore. It happened a couple hours ago, but I'm having to process it now with, with, with you and trying not to, uh, miss anything. Um, all right. So here's the other component, I guess, to this. Okay. So they got this done way earlier than I think most of us anticipated that opens the door for them to now um, do something with Deron Payne if they want. Because my thought was before, if they take this thing to the finish line right before training camp, you're running out of time to do an extension with Deron Payne. Um, and again, I've already reported that it doesn't seem likely that that's going to happen anyway. That said, they do now have some sense of what their cap space will be going forward. And I know you haven't had a chance to look at the, the, the real deal, but I imagine you've, you know, You've already done some kind of math over there. Does this change any equation, do you think, for you with – and, again, if you don't know, that's fine. But does this change any equation for you in terms of the idea of keeping pain? Obviously, there's a lot of variables, including they have a bunch of guys on the defensive line that need to get paid and all that. But like, does it, you think this changes anything on, on that front? Yeah, so, you know, just real quick on the cap situation. So we know the $28 million signing bonus, which is over four years. Maybe they tacked on a void year. Um, I would guess that they'll reduce his salary down to the minimum. So odds are maybe only adds about $5 million. They still have, what, $13 million in cap space if you'd subtract five from that number. Um, you know, I think what's interesting is we talked, I think the last time I was on about how Jahan Dotson could be leveraged against Terry McLaurin. There's been a lot of narratives about if, you know, Federian Mathis is that same thing for Deron Payne. And obviously it's different. You know, they already paid Jonathan Allen. They have these edge rushers and Sweat and, and Young coming up as well. But, you know, I saw you say that there are teams interested in trading for him and maybe even giving him $17, 18000000 million per year, potentially on an extension. Um I don't know. I would say that they probably view these as isolated. I don't think it really impacts it. I think they're now trying to think about how do we allocate resources to different position groups and the pain deal was never correlated to McLaurin. It was more thinking again, we already paid Allen sweat young coming up. Eventually we invested in our secondary and yada, yada, yada. So um, I, I, I don't, I don't think it impacts it really much at all. Right. And, and I agree. And I pointed this out the other day that, Every time we would talk to Ron Rivera about McLaurin, he was very aggressive and saying, we're not trading. We're going to get this done. In the rare times that the Deron Payne questions came up, he didn't say anything <laughs> like that. He was pretty passive about it. Just said, well, when you get a quarterback for $28.3 things change and blah, blah, blah. So I have not talked to anybody about this since the McLaurin deal happened. I just, I'm just noting, perhaps positively, that they do have more time now to play with this before training camp than they would have had if they waited on McLaurin to the last minute also that they sign McLaurin hypothetically gives them the franchise tag. If they want to use on pain, that seems like a bad move. The franchise tag, according to you guys on your site. Uh, Oh, I, yeah. On, on us on over the cap is uh, 18 million, which is essentially what John Allen's got paid last year. So you're really like from a cap number perspective, you, that's not a great deal to take that. So 
not an ideal, but at least in theory, the tag is open. If Deron Payne has a great year, then it does exist there. And I will also note Cole Holcomb is another guy who's a free agent that we never talk about, but he's, you know, their top linebacker right now. Perhaps this gives him a, you know, a, a, a window now to, to do something um, with, with, with him. I'm sure I'm forgetting something on this McLaurin deal. You, you've, I know you've talked about it a little bit. You've thought about it plenty. Any, anything else to kind of for you that I haven't gotten to that kind of stands out about this? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just, it is a really strong deal for him, but it's not kill them. They still have some flexibility. They still, as we've talked about, didn't spend really anything in free agency. Um, and I think maybe now, maybe this is a better way to, to characterize the impact as opposed to Deron Payne. Maybe now they're comfortable exploring another veteran off-ball linebacker to add next to Jimin Davis and Cole Holcomb and making some of those smaller moves. Like now that you get the big business out of the way, yes, Deron Payne is still kind of a, a floating you know balloon in the, in the ethos, but maybe now you look into some of those other smaller moves saying we have a better feeling of where our roster is at. We're now confident about going forward. We have McLaurin under contract through 2025. We think we're maybe a playoff contender right away. Let's plug some holes. Let's add some depth. Now we're going to go ahead and do that. Right. And I can also mention, I mean, this has nothing to do with McLaurin still has nothing to do with this year, but I mean, from a focus standpoint, if they want to go add some more dudes for depth, I mean, you could, that part's done. You can go, play around with 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 that um brad you are a rock star you came in at the last second because who the heck knew that this was going to happen today so i really really appreciate it anything we need to uh plug for for your world i mean there, there's always salary cap stuff is always happening and i'm sure you're projecting things into the future anything that we need to know about what's going on over there yeah, I got uh, the best AFC contracts came out today. So the best contract for every team. And I got the best contract for every NFC team coming out on Thursday. So the commanders will have a, have a pick on there. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I, I won't ask you about the commanders because we want people to go read it. What's the best? Co- I assume, you know, what's your best contract on the Cowboys? Cowboys, I have Tyron Smith, the left tackle. He's had an eight-year deal forever ago now. Back in 2014, I want to say. Um, Is this the best yeah, contracts of all time? No, no oh, you're saying ever. Oh, is that your you, you, no? So the article is ever you're saying? No, it's like current best contract oh, for the it. most team friendly deal for the team as of right now. Got it. All right, Tyron Smith. That guy is like a thousand years old at this point, but uh, he is, and he's been on the same contract <laughs> his whole career. <laughs> that, that that that's amazing. Uh, at PFF underscore Brad, great follow. Obviously, he knows his stuff, and uh, you know this is why he's the official salary cap expert of this podcast. Even if that's uh, you know he, he doesn't get compensation for that, but. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that after the yeah we'll, yeah I, we'll see if we can fit you into my salary cap yeah. <laughs> um i appreciate it man thanks so much yeah thanks for having me all right let me just quickly wrap this up here with the 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 the, the off the field stuff not involving terry mclaurin the stuff of course involving dan snyder i haven't talked to you guys here on the podcast for a few days obviously a few more things have happened most notably on monday uh, we all reported effectively the same thing that the oversight committee attempted to deliver a subpoena to Dan Snyder through his attorney, but the attorney declined it. Dan Snyder unavailable. We know he's, we believe he's in the South of France on his yacht. The attorney also out of the country, I was told. Um, and therefore they're still squabbling over this idea of whether Dan Snyder will eventually be part of a deposition up on Capitol Hill or not. Uh, Dan Snyder's side says that the committee only offered one date for this deposition, which was the 30th of June. 
the other side is kind of doesn't I, they, I've not heard them push back on the idea of the one date, but they're sort of going with the idea that Dan Snyder just simply does not want to be part of this. He doesn't want to testify under oath, all that stuff. The truth is perhaps somewhere in the middle of there, but that's kind of where we are on that. Um, I will also note on Sunday, I, I did my uh, did a stint over on 106.7 The Fan. Lisa Banks, who represents dozens of these former employees, she came on as a guest. Um, and what she told myself and Britt Giroli, our, our, the Athletics Major League Baseball writer, who's part of this, um, a part of the, she and I do the shows together typically. Um, Lisa told us that with regards to the Tiffany Johnston situation, again, Tiffany Johnston, a former employee who in February told the House Oversight Committee that Dan, that Dan Snyder harassed her, believe groped was, was, was the term, um, and that Based on that public testimony, the NFL was going to do an investigation with Mary Jo White serving as the investigator. Lisa's update to us on the radio was that because she's been part of these conversations, that she believes there will be an honest report coming out and that she seemed to, well, she, and she seemed to be hopeful about that. She seemed somewhat optimistic about this whole thing. Now, I don't know what that means. Is, that, is, the, is the attempted optimism to sort of help put the vibes out there that there's something there thus if the nfl comes back with a nothing burger be like ah, and you know where's the where's the real where's the real goods over here um i don't know she did say now we talked on sunday she did say she believed that that report could come out sometime within the next month maybe as soon as two weeks she was much more vague about that but possibly we may hear something within the next month on that so just something to keep in mind Again, as it stands right now, Dan Snyder, the, the Oversight Committee, wants him to testify. He is not claiming he won't, but he doesn't seem to be doing that much to help. Um, again, you can do Roger Goodell did his virtually. He could do it virtually. He's not doing that. We'll see where that goes. Um, but again, it's a positive day for the commanders. I'm just giving you the update because that's what happened. But it's a positive day for the commanders because Terry McLaurin has agreed to a three-year extension worth roughly $71 million that would, in theory, if he plays all the way through, keep him through the 2025 season. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in this world, but we can at least point to that and say that's some good news for the commanders because they've got their best offensive player and maybe their best player, period, under, under contract for a few more years. So that's good, good stuff there. Um, I was going to get into some of the Wizards stuff uh free agency starts a couple days not going to do that john wall looks like he's going to the clippers good for him but that's about all i'm going to say on that i mentioned earlier with brian that my plan is to take vacation but the podcasts are going to keep going though um i've got a bunch i've got several interviews lined up i was going to play one of them today and now this mclaurin news came so i've got a few things backed up so we'll get to them um here but i will dole them out over the next a uh, week or so for sure. That's it for now. Ben Standig signing off. Oh, thanks to Brian McNally with NBC Sports Washington. Thanks to Brad Spielberger. Now I'm signing off. Uh, that's it for me for now. Until next time. See ya.